0: Good evening, and hope you had an awesome day. So it's the last night of Hanukkah, the eighth night, and I feel like we've only begun to scratch the surface of uncovering how it is more, so much more, than just simply lighting some candles, frying some donuts, and spinning a top. It's infinitely more. And perhaps that is a great point to close off with, as it is the eighth night of Hanukkah. Now, we've spoken before about how numbers have meaning and value beyond just counting. They communicate ideas. I believe we've touched upon the number 3 in episode 333 and other numbers such as 10 or 2. But tonight, I'd like to dip our toes into the meaning of 8, which also requires an understanding of 7. Remember, now we're just scratching the surface here, so if you have more questions, feel free to follow up. But let's try to make a good scratch together. 7. Seven in Jewish thought is a number that encompasses everything in nature. That's why the world is created in a seven-day cycle. After all, you must have asked, couldn't God have knocked it down in two or three days, even in one second? The fact that it was created in seven means that seven had to be the number of creating everything in the physical world. It also is the reason why our sources say that there are seven colors in the spectrum as seen through the rainbow, or why there are seven notes on a musical scale. I could go on and on, but what is important to know is that when you see seven, it represents the natural world. So, if seven represents the natural world, then what do you get when you add one more to seven? Well, we not only get eight, but we get the representation of something beyond the limitations of the natural, otherwise known as the supernatural, or the miracles. A number that represents being able to transcend the confines of what we see physically. Do you understand how cool this is? How powerful it is? It means that when you look at the number eight, it is telling you don't see the world as limited and finite in this area, only to its physical form. Realize that hidden in what you see is really the power of transcendence. That is why wherever you see the number eight, it relates to the transcendence of nature. There are many examples, but let's just give one. The first eight we come across in the Torah is related to bris milah. We're told to specifically do the circumcision on the eighth day, and actually, interestingly enough, specifically on that part of the body, which one could argue contains the most physical drive that exists in human nature, the male drive for sexuality. It is powerful, has the potential to be destructive as we've seen over the millennia, and self-serving when seen as a way to simply give in to one's nature and desires. And so we're told to use that part of the body on specifically that day to remind us that we are not limited by our physical nature and we're not here simply to fill our own physical desires. We are meant to transcend and elevate and in so doing realize that we have the power to create and not just create but to create infinitely, literally, through generations of descendants with that part of the body. As I said, there's so much more to talk about for another time, but we got to do this one. The number eight is also why Hanukkah had to be an eight-day holiday. It's not just accidental. We often think, "Oi, it took eight days. We wish we could have produced the oil faster, but the olive-pressing factory workers were on strike for a few days. But the reality is that it was designed to be eight days regardless of our efforts because Hanukkah is the holiday that reminds us that even though the physical seems strong and dominant, there is something infinitely stronger, and that is the Spirit. Hanukkah reminds us, reminds a Jew, both as an individual and as a people, don't live in the world of seven, the world of nature. Realize that you can tap into the world of eight and living the life of supernatural. To take it one step further, just to give you a sense of how much deeper we could go, the word for seven in Hebrew is Sheva, and the word for eight is Shemona. And the roots of those words express this idea as well. Sheva is the same root as soveya, to be full. Like we say in benching, we ate and we're full. There's no more room. So if you're full and that's it, is there really no room for anything else? Right? Wrong. There's shmona, which is the same root as shamen. In Israel, if someone calls you shmena or shamen, they're calling you fat. The only thing that can transcend something being full is when we loosen the belt and realize that you can go beyond feeling full. Interestingly enough, the fatty substance we light on Chanukah is shemen, oil, with the same root as the word H, Also interesting is that even when we light the candles, we light the oil, but it really isn't the oil that lights. Rather, the oil allows us to light a flame that transcends the oil. It creates a non-physical fire that is so much more powerful than the limited physical, natural quantity of oil in the jar. My friends, I have to say, I've really enjoyed spending Hanukkah together. I hope that next year we can spend it together. But as we leave this Chag, let us remember that each of us and our people must choose to move from only seeing the world of seven, the world of nature and limitation, of living and dying, of being restricted by our own nature, or only being able to achieve what we see in front of us, and realize that Jews have to remember that we can choose to live in the world of eight, the world that sees our existence as not confined by body, by nature, or by the physical. This Hanukkah is the victory of eight over seven. And on that note, wishing you a beautiful last night of Hanukkah, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.